Elliot. Uh, good morning, Chief. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good morning, Jeff. And good morning, listeners. There we go. I'm, i got to push the right buttons. <laughs> there we are. Thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, we've got uh, another more of things to uh, talk about today. Let's uh, start off. Rich and I were talking earlier this morning about the council meeting uh, earlier this week and a couple of things involving the police department. But uh, for you, you've got to be kind of excited to have uh, a couple of new officers sworn in. Yeah, we are. Um, i pretty excited at our um, city council meeting to be able to swear in a couple new officers and, uh, you know, kind of publicly recognize they joined the force. They actually had uh, joined the force in uh, November, um, and they're in their field training program right now. So with those hires, uh, it is uh, close to bringing us up to fully staffed. Uh, of course, it takes a while for the hiring process for police officers. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, they've talked about a little bit publicly, but around uh, around the, the nation and certainly around this area of Minnesota, we've really struggled in hiring. We haven't had the number of applicants that we used to have. Uh, so that's been a little difficult. Um, we are fortunate. We have had some really good quality applicants here in Northfield. Uh, so we're happy about that. But uh, we know that just in uh, some cities and counties not too far from us, they've struggled. Uh, there's been a couple that have had zero applicants. Uh, there's a couple that um, I know one sheriff I talked to, they had four openings and they only had four applicants. Um, and that that's really low. And with police officer jobs, when you, uh, well, for any jobs, usually uh, not everybody that applies um, is going to be a good fit for your organization um, or have the qualifications that they need. Uh, so when you're talking those low of numbers, it's it's really, really difficult and quite a bit different than what I saw 30 years ago when I got into this job. And it was uh, not uncommon to see 250 applicants for one or two positions. Yeah. So some yeah, big changes. Things, things have changed. Who are the uh, two new officers? Are they going to be regular patrol officers? Or yep, every, just about everybody that we hire starts out in patrol. It, mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of the bread and butter of the work that we do, and uh, it's a good base for other types of uh, work within the police department. So uh, we have Nicole Malika. Um, who is a Northfield Schools grad. Um, And as a side note, about 35% of our officers uh, are graduates of Northfield Public Schools. So uh, we've got a a pretty good local representation on our department. Um, But uh, Nicole has uh, a little bit of prior experience in non-sworn positions with Dakota County Parks, uh, working as a park ranger there part-time, and then also in Apple Valley as a community service officer. So um, on top of her education and meeting the requirements from the post board, uh, she's got a little experience too. And then our second one that we swore in was Dominic Milney. And uh, Dominic, uh, as I mentioned at the city council meeting, is a raider of a different ilk from Hastings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, he's got a little non- non-sworn experience at uh, Dakota County Corrections, working in their jail there. Um, but also police officer experience. He was a part-time officer in Dundas uh, before we hired him. So we're happy to have him aboard. Uh, and uh, I think the combination um, of... Uh, Nicole and Dominic joining uh, our force will uh, will be a good one. I think they're going to be really good fit here in Northfield. Uh, when we talk about hiring, and I mentioned difficulty in hiring, um, not only do you just want somebody to apply, but you want somebody that's going to reflect your community and be able for us to provide that service and policing in a style that um, 
we really desire here in Northfield. All right. Well, Dominic, welcome to town. Nicole, welcome back to town. Uh, from the standpoint of staffing, of course, last year the uh, city council did approve uh, hiring an, an additional officer. Uh, where are you at now? Are you at full staff yet? Uh, do you still have some positions that uh, you look to fill at some point uh, this year? Yeah, we are in the process for hiring for that position right now. And uh, we are hoping that in February we'll have uh, someone start uh, to fill that position. Um, but a little different than most jobs where someone hires, gets hired. Um, those hires that we make, they spend six months in a field training process where they are with another officer that evaluates their work daily, um, provides uh, feedback and observation of the officer's work, daily reports of their progress. Um, so... Once we hire that person, actually having that person out and in a squad working by themselves, that type of thing takes about six months. So it'll be a while before we're what we would consider fully staffed, where we have all our positions um, and our schedule filled. But uh, we are happy that we're at least moving towards that progress. All right. Uh, Chief Mark Elliott is with us from uh, the MPD. Uh, let, let's talk about winter driving. You know, we've had... Uh, you're going to have winter uh, winter here in Minnesota. That means crazy driving conditions at times. Right now, the roads are pretty good. But I have seen, uh, is it my imagination or are the accident count a little bit higher uh, than uh, they are at other times of year? Yeah, we're definitely seeing an uptick in crashes. And uh, as you mentioned, the winter driving is part of that. Um, and we're asking people to just really um, use your Minnesota driving skills and some Minnesota winter common sense in driving. Um, you know, we've seen it just in this past week, some warmer weather. We saw some melt, and then it got cold, and we saw that refreeze. So some ice in areas that people drove maybe the day before and there was no ice. Um, so we're seeing some of those type of crashes, as well as when we've had uh, those periods of snow, we've seen crashes there too. And it's, it really comes down to people just driving too fast for the conditions. Um, a road that has a 30 or 40 mile an hour speed limit, that's under ideal conditions, dry road conditions, um, debris-free. And uh, when you start adding um, snow and ice and things like that, that that's really too high of a speed. And we're seeing that because of the crashes. People aren't able to stop as quickly. Um, and so we're really looking for, for folks to slow down, um, be aware of your conditions, give a little more following distance between you and the car in front of you um, so that if they unexpectedly stop or um, if they see an object and they need to take evasive action, that you have time to do that as well. Uh, Chief uh, Elliott is with us. We've had uh, quite uh, an uptick in gawker slowdowns uh, this week uh, on Division Street with the demolition of the Archer House next door, which is going to be interesting. Today they're bringing down the part that's right next to our building which is kind of scary, but kind of exciting. I'm just going to stay on this side, the north side of the office all day long. Have you had, uh, you know, your police department, do you have any roles in this? Obviously, you're not tearing it down, but do you have to have extra patrol, make sure people don't get in there and, you know, searching through the rubble because there's some safety factors there? Yeah, there are. And so we are uh, keeping an eye on that. And we have been for over a year, um, ever since the fire. We've been uh, making sure that we're around, especially um, at night, making sure that our officers are making extra patrols through there to um, keep 
adventure seekers out um, so that uh, they don't get hurt because it is not safe. Uh, structurally wasn't safe. And as they're bringing it down, there's um, also some risks with that. But also uh, you mentioned the Gawker slowdown, and that's something we have had a couple calls and complaints about of um, people feeling that other folks aren't driving safe as they come by. You know, they're coming by and they've got the head turned looking um, at it while they're still driving. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, some complaints about some folks standing in the middle of the road to take pictures and that type of thing. And um, we've got a really good sidewalk right across the street, a good area for pedestrians there, uh, and a safe area for them uh, to look. And then, you know, we're just asking the public too to um, use some common sense, use some caution as they drive through the area. Um, we're assisting with that. As they remove some of this rubble, there may be some times where we're going to need to close division here um, for a few hours at a time. And we're really working with the street department um, and community development who issues the demolition permit um, in order to uh, make sure if they do have some needs uh, that we can assist them with traffic control. All right. Uh, Chief Elliott is with us. Uh, let's talk about also at the the, the council meeting on uh, Tuesday, they explored and discussed uh, making uh, wear, the wearing of face masks, uh, putting out a mandate and requiring people do that in all public spaces. That did not pass. Uh, but the role that the police department uh, plays in, well, the pandemic and masks and everything, can you shed a little light on that for us? Yeah. So, um we had talked about it a little bit, both Administrator Mardig and myself, that um, Northfield does not have their own public health department. Most cities our size don't. So we rely on information, meetings uh, that we attend uh, from Minnesota Department of Health as well as local Rice and Dakota County's health departments, too. Uh, to uh, form what city actions should be. So I've been involved with that from the beginning of the pandemic. Um, Our officers respond to all medicals uh, in the city, and so they need to be up to speed on response and what our case rates are and stuff so they can protect themselves with their proper PPE when they're responding. Um, As far as uh, the mask ordinance that was discussed, I passed along just information that MDH had, uh, the recommendations and guidance there, and the council ultimately uh, did not pass an ordinance. But, you know, the mayor commented, and I think it was, uh, you know, reflected by some of the comments that we saw that the uh, chamber put out in their survey, and I know that... um, KYMN helped get that survey out a little Mm -hmm. bit, too. Um, And there were uh, almost 700 responses that had come in from that. And a lot of folks were just really, you know, they were concerned for their neighbors. And some of those responses even reflected that uh, maybe they weren't in favor of a mask mandate, but but they often masked. And they just wanted other people to, you know, continue to care for each other in that Northfield way that we see so common here. Um, so the city's really going to try to do what they can to encourage masking, um, get the word out, continue to put um, information out. In fact, uh, the city has some information available for any businesses that would like to put them out or individuals, um, you know, put them in their, in their window or the car window or businesses on their door. Um, just some signs recommending face coverings and then uh, reminding people of that. And if you go to the city's uh, webpage, uh, right at the top is a banner for COVID-19. And then there is sharing the message button um, just a little ways down. And if you click on that, there's a lot of uh, 
different messaging items that the uh, city communication department has created. I think we've all seen the one with the cows with the uh, masks on, mm-hmm. um, and they've created some others that kind of in a uh, defeat days theme, some Western theme stuff. So some creative ways. And then, you know, I'd certainly encourage businesses too, if they have creative ways that they want to put signs on their businesses that, you know, fit their store or their motif their, mm-hmm. that they're going for um, to do that and, and put those out. Um, so as I said, we do not have an ordinance requiring masking, but uh, I think the doctors and health departments have made it pretty clear that we can probably help each other if we, uh, if we do mask, um, especially when we're out in public uh, and around other folks. Um, the city is also uh, purchasing uh, some KN95 masks. Um, we were able to find through one of our suppliers a supply of those. So we're looking at having those delivered next week, and we're going to make those available to the public. Um, so I know that uh, I saw that the president had said that he's going to make 400 million masks available. Uh, we're checking with public health. We checked yesterday, and they don't have any idea when those are coming. Um, or how they're getting there or how they'll be distributed. So um, we know that's coming, but uh, with a fair amount of things that are that large in scope and, you know, complete U.S., federal in nature, it can take a while. So we want to try to act quickly to get these out um, since we are seeing such a large spike in numbers of cases. So uh, by next week, we'll have some information out about how folks can pick up uh, some of those masks if they need them. Um, and we want to make them available, you know, for some businesses so they can have them as you come in, but also for individuals as well. All right. Uh, once again, Northfield's police chief, uh, Mark Elliott, is with us right now. Chief, anything else you'd like to pass along while we have you here? Uh, just, you know, in that same theme of caring for each other as we, uh, I know there, obviously there's some differencing differences of opinions on the masking. We're just really happy that in general, we haven't seen those conflicts with people in the public. They've really, uh, they've acted in a way we expect Northfielders to, where we have a discussion about items, but we really care for each other and uh, respect each other's choices as we're out there. Um, and, uh, you know, mask up and stay safe while we get through this spike that we have out there. All right. Good advice. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's Northfield's police chief, Mark Elliott. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080. We've got Rich coming back in in uh, two minutes. Here's MNN. Minnesota News Network. I'm Tasha Radel. The federal trial begins today for three former Minneapolis police officers charged with civil rights violations in George Floyd's death. Two Tau, Jay King and Thomas Lane are on trial about nine months after Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder and manslaughter in Floyd's death. Former U.S. Attorney for Minnesota, Tom Heffelfinger. I'm going to be looking to see to what degree does the prosecution alter the evidence they present against these three officers when compared with the evidence that was offered against Chauvin in the state case. Tao King and Lane are charged with using the color of the law to deprive Floyd of his civil rights. The Minnesota Attorney General's Office filed a lawsuit against a pop-up testing company and associated lab after people complained they did not receive results from the facility. Hannah Puffer said after waiting throughout the day, she called a number provided and only was able to reach an automated phone system. And then I got an automated text that said, please provide all this information in order to get your results within the hour. So provided that personal information did not get my results. Puffer said she still has not received her test results and is concerned about the amount of personal information the company now has. The lawsuit is aimed at the Center for COVID Control and a processing lab called Doctors Clinical Laboratory. 
A man from Canada is pleading guilty to sexually abusing two minors at Fortune Bay Resort and Casino in Tower. The property is on the Boys Fort Indian Reservation. Federal prosecutors say 32-year-old Brady Hillis was caught on security video engaging in sexual conduct with victims under age 12 in June of 2018. Hillis entered guilty pleas on Wednesday. His sentencing hearing hasn't been scheduled. A St. Cloud man is facing two years in prison in connection with a failed plot against the Minnesota Capitol. A judge sentenced Michael Dolliger Tuesday in federal court after he pled guilty in July to unlawful possession of a machine gun. This is MNN.